Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You'll be so from there. She came with me, and it was it was a rough trip. She pushed every button she could think of. And you know what's funny is I'm a button pusher, too. And so she's just, <laughs> like, played her, the battle back she's and just forth, like her mama. I mean, Amazing. I wasn't pushing her buttons, but when I was her age, I would do. We She hopped on an elevator right before the doors closed, and I'm standing in the hallway, and now my daughter's gone. And I, it, things like that. She just was just. A little toot, <laughs> and she laughs about it now. And she 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 tells me that you know she's very sorry. She didn't mean to do that. She just didn't know. So the end of the trip, when you're in China, you have to go to the American consulate. And when the children are 11 years old or higher, they have to stand before the American consulate. They have to agree to become American citizens, and they have to, you know, make a pledge. They have to raise their right hand and repeat after them, and they have they, they have these hoops that they have to go through to become American citizens because once the plane lands in the United States, everything's done. They are complete American citizens. So we get to the consulate. Actually, let me back up. It's the day of us going to the consulate, and she wouldn't get out of bed. She refused, absolutely refused. Our guide, which was a gentleman, and he didn't want to have to do it, but he came in and threatened her that he would pull her out of the bed. She still remembers that she couldn't believe she did that. So we get to the consulate, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, she's going to say no. Because just the week before, there was another adoptive family that they had an 11-year-old, and the 11-year-old told the consulate no. I don't want to be an American citizen. And they sent her back to the orphanage. And Elizabeth had been such a little toot that I thought she's going to say no. She's going to say no. And, you know, like she doesn't want to go to America and get infected with freckles. And, you know, they, the kids, the other kids that she was with had told her things like they're just going to take you to America and take your organs and they're going to take you to America. And I mean, just. They were jealous, and they were just trying to be ugly, you know, which we all know that's not true. So we get to the consulate. We get into the into the building, and we walk up to the to the window, and there's this gentleman. He's an American, and he speaks Mandarin, and he looks at Elizabeth, and he says, "You know, in Chinese, do you want to become an American citizen?" And she said, "No." And he looked at me, and he looked at her, and he said it again, and she said, "No." And he looked at me, and he looked at her file, and he said, oh, she's from Xi'an. I don't think she understands what I'm saying. Oh. 
Because I have a different dialect. Right. So he said, oh, but here's here's another lady. So he went and got another employee who is Chinese. And he brought her and he and she asked. And, and Elizabeth said, no. <laughs> went, no. And I'm dying inside, right? Yeah. I'm dying inside, which I'm like, I knew this was going to happen. And the lady looked at, at the man and they looked at each other and they kind of turned off their microphone and they talked for a minute. And then they came back and they said, we don't think she understands. Bam, approved. And then sent it on through. And they said, they said, she's fine. Y'all have a great day. Okay. I mean, she said no, Ray, but God turned it into a yes. Sometimes we tell God no, and oh, he turns it into a yes. A lot. Despite our inability to understand, mm-hmm. right? Well, that's um, – I'm kind of speechless at this point. I usually know what to say, and you all have me <laughs> floored. Uh, wow. So he he delivered on his promise, though. Absolutely. He did. He when did. When it looked impossible, when everything yeah. seemed no, not enough money. You said no, Josh said no. The system said no. She, the, Elizabeth said no. Mm-hmm. But God said yes. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to remember when God says yes. Friends, I want, oh gosh, friends, listen to this. When God says something and he means it, he delivers on it. A lot of people will say no. Even you might say no. And you may not even understand. You may be figuratively with your nose in the corner. I'm, I, I'm not going. I don't like this. God, I don't like where you're taking me. But I want you to remember that when Jesus died on the cross, he said, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. Mm. We didn't even know what we were doing. And some of you out there listening today, you still don't know what you're doing. You don't understand this God who wants you, who's coming for you, who has offered you promises. And it's amazing that the Lord thinks of us in these terms that what Josh and Courtney has shared with you today, that when God says, but I love you and I want you, and there was something you said earlier. You said, whether she knows it or not, I'm her mother. Mm. And I wrote that down. Hmm. There's a lot of you out there who are listening today, you know the gospel, Jesus died on the cross, all this stuff, but you really haven't submitted to it yet. But I want you to understand that whether you know it or not, God is your father, and he's coming to get you because he wants you, even though you've been hurt, you've got a bad past, and you don't understand God's language, you don't understand Christianese. And what all these Christians are telling you about God, you don't understand it. You're not responding to it. He's your father, and he wants you, despite what you think. And whether you know it or not, he's your father. And so you said something, too. Not once did you doubt. You waited on her mm-hmm. for four hours. Four okay, hours. four hours. Okay. Some of you out there that are listening, guys, You haven't given Jesus your time. You haven't given Jesus your life. You haven't made him Lord. I want you to understand he's still waiting for you. If you're still breathing, that means that the Lord God is giving you time. If he was done with you, you'd be out of here. The fact that you're alive means that God is waiting for you, even if you don't know it. God's waiting for you. He's waiting for you to finally make that turn 
that you saw when y'all finished your prayer, mm-hmm. where she finally turned and she was ready. Mm-hmm. And friends, I want to encourage you, if that's you right now, you're in the place where Elizabeth was at, it's time for you to make a turn. But I don't understand it. I don't. Okay. All you need to know is that he's waiting for you, but I don't know where he's taking me. I know, but he's taking you somewhere better. Some of you think, well, being a Christian is terrible and all these bad things. Okay, they were trying to scare Elizabeth too, but God is taking you to a place of family. He's taking you to a better place. And I'm trying to take this story of adoption and convey it into all of you who are listening today that God is not what you think he is. He's somebody that wants you. He's saying, I'm your dad, even though you don't get it. So, friend, could you give him your time? Give him your life. And at this point, my beloved wife, Anna, is in here, and she's got some things to say, too. And we're on a three-mic system, and I need to give her my mic. So we're going to let her say a few things. When you were talking about Elizabeth and you were talking about how she said no, and you say, well, I know she said no. What I started thinking about is that she probably knew she was saying no, but she didn't really know what she was saying no to. And oftentimes we sometimes don't know what we say yes to either. And so the scripture came to my mind when I was thinking about y'all with her and that sometimes we don't know what we're actually agreeing to or disagreeing to because it said in Matthew 16, 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And I started thinking about it. And, you know, when, when the Lord asks us to pick up our cross and carry it, we don't exactly know what we're agreeing to. And sometimes we wind up, you know, finding out along the way. And that's what I've been seeing with y'all with this journey. You picked up that cross, you started carrying it, and you you agreed to the Father. You said, yes, we'll do this. But I bet y'all didn't really know what you were saying yes to, just like Elizabeth didn't know what she was really saying no to. Right, right. Because if she had said yes, in her mind— we were going to take her organs. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, let's just here's my organs. Let's right. go. But with that no, that meant that in three years, she was going to be turned out onto the streets. Right, right. And she, she and I just had a discussion recently about that, and it blew her mind. She had no idea that that's what was going to happen to her. And she even told me, I don't think I would have understood at that time. Right, right. I was so scared. Yeah. So. Yeah, because you, you consider when when God tells you to do something, you're you're looking at the current state, mm-hmm. and you want to say no because if I say no or if I say yes, it's going to disrupt everything right now mm-hmm. because we don't know what future things hold. I call it the aha moments. You know, it's yes. almost like the old uh, the old country song. I thank God for unanswered prayers, right? Because you know, if God had answered that prayer at that moment, I wouldn't be here. Right. You know, I wouldn't be here in this moment or or something will happen later on down the road and I'll look back and say, now I understand. Right. Now I understand. You know, you think of that child just the week before that said no and disrupted the adoption with that family. Right. Everything that child forfeited, you know, because – 
you know, I'm not saying it was going to be better, but I'm pretty sure it was going to be better. Right, right. And even sometimes when we do say yes, we have this, um, we have this imagination, we, we come up with a yes scenario, and then it doesn't go the way we think it should have gone. And then we get disappointed, or angry, or angry or mad, because we don't, like Elizabeth, sometimes we just don't understand our answers. And so that's why, you know, the whole time you've been talking about when you gave it over to God, you weren't really actually concerned about your answer. It wasn't about a yes and no. You're just like, okay, we're going to go follow you, whatever you, we picked up our cross, we're going to carry it, let us know what, when, what you need us to do along the way. Yeah, the question was, you know, why did you adopt? Well, because God said to. Right. And they just kind of look at you, and they kind of laugh thinking that, okay, you know, I'm waiting for you to tell me the reason. No, that's the reason. Mm-hmm. And know? that should be the only reason. Exactly. Yeah. I think also that it would be fair to say that if God did not tell you to adopt, don't do it. Right. Oh, yes, absolutely. It is the hardest thing that you will ever It's messy. It's It's tough. Don't. Again, back to the little orphan Annie analogy. Look, it's not all, you know, Daddy Warbucks and singing and dancing. It's it's a lot of tears and a lot of uh, trial, but it's worth it. But at the same time, so is parenting. No matter what, so right? is ma- how you get the so children. is marriage. Right? Excuse me. Oh, my marriage is great, <laughs> babe. I think this is when we leave. We're on the other side of the table. Yeah, I think we might need to. Uh, hey, stage what? Exit stage left. <laughs> In all seriousness, life, life is messy. Is See, hard. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're now we're finishing each other's sentences. I well, it goes you. back to that other scripture we were talking about being a good soldier for the hardships. You have to be yeah. a good soldier because it is hard. Being a soldier is hard. We're called soldiers here. It's hard work. It's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Yeah. But on the other side, on the other side of that, right. when you get through with all of the hard, it makes it so much more beautiful. Yes. And so much more sweet because you have this that you have earned through blood, sweat, and tears. Yes. That's a crucible. Through right. Yeah. Well, through being obedient and, and following but not just being obedient, but being obedient to the point where it hurts. You're about to find that out when you see your grandbaby for the first time. <laughs> You're going to be like I was when I saw my grandson for the first time. All the blood, sweat, tears, yelling, screaming paid off. When yeah. you see your baby's baby, you're like, did it. <laughs> I can't wait. I oh, know. <laughs> we all know that Ray married up. Yeah. Yeah, didn't we all? I did. (laughs) Oh, now you are talking nice. Can y'all scoot close so I can try and take a picture? Now you are talking nice to each other. All of a sudden, what happened? Marriage. Anna gets on the. She loved me. Anna gets on the mic, and all of a sudden, it all changes. All of a sudden. Okay, so after the consulate, you get the approval. You're on your way home. Mm -hmm. How are things now? She's still not. Totally getting what's going on yet? Or? She's not. She's not understanding what's going on. Because where are we it, going? Right. Uh, she knows we're going to America, even though, even though. But what is America? Right. It's it's this, it's a foreign land. Yep. And you know, when I become a believer, I entered a foreign land. I don't know what's coming. I don't know what it's going to be. People look at me weird because I'm a, a believer. You know, you were saying. People ask, why did you adopt? And you say, because God said so. And they look at you weird. Okay. I get looked at weird all the time because I'm a believer in Messiah, Jesus. I'm in a foreign land. I really have to depend on him. Mm -hmm. She was depending on you, 
on where you were taking her. Where did you take her? I brought her home. Oh, look at that. Gospel smack upside your head. <laughs> you took her home. Okay, friends, I've been trying to drill the gospel into y'all throughout this whole thing, and you're for some reason you're not ready to fully let go. You're not ready to get out of that corner yet. But, guys, God wants to take you home. So what happened when you get home? Okay. Well, when we got home, that's when the rubber met the road. She didn't like us. She was brought here against her will, you know, in her mind. She had all these people that did not look like her. Um, We had the Chinese church and the Chinese community that were helping us. And, in fact, one of the members actually was from the same province that she was and could speak in her dialect. So God sent you a body of believers in a fellowship. Mm-hmm. To help, yep. yes, where you lacked, who looked mm-hmm. like you, her, who looked like her, but you did not have that strength. You couldn't make up on your face to look enough to. You couldn't speak it. You couldn't do it. And friends, okay, I, I'm sorry to keep jumping in the way, but y'all keep bringing up such good points. Some of y'all keep having this attitude out there that you're hearing me. You're like, yeah, yeah, okay. And I tell you to get into a Bible believing church, but you say you don't have to go to church to be saved. Well, technically, you're right. But if you are truly saved, you're going to get into the fellowship because you don't have every strength that there is to walk through life. Other people have strengths that you don't have, and you're going to need that fellowship. So here comes the fellowship to give mm. something you ain't got. Right, right. And they're, they're coming into my home, and they're cooking her meals yeah, it's so a, that she can have her uh, her homemade Chinese food. It's, they, it's bringing a sense of home to her. Or familiarity, I think, is a better word. You know, something that she's familiar with, smells, things of that nature. And plus, man, could they cook. Oh, So you so dove good. into some of it, too. Oh, yeah. So I, they had to cook extra hard now because you jumped in the bowl. Oh, my goodness. They yes. gave me cooking lessons. It was amazing. They just, these ladies. They just loved us, just man. Just loved us. They just loved and us. And loved her. And they, they really did. And, and it gave, um, you know, like I said, the Lord never throws one stone and hits one thing. He hits 10 or 12 others. The, the Chinese community, to them, even the, the, the believers, the true believers in the church, had a hard time wrapping their mind around the thought of someone going to another country and adopting a, a child of another ethnicity than you. It just literally blew their minds. And it ministered to them in ways that I would not have thought would ever because I never thought anything of it I mean it 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 doesn't I mean we go out in public and I've got four Chinese children with me and I don't notice that there's a difference period my kids don't notice that there's a difference other people do but the but the Chinese church you know they they've been raised in a culture that frowns upon that and they it it impacted them and it and it caused them to see the gospel in ways that they had not seen it. They frown before. upon what exactly? What was that? You said they frown upon the mixed. Uh, what was it? No, no. The, the these children they're they're broken in in their eyes, and not 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 the not the the Chinese church and the ministry that we were dealing with. They they had the same love for these children as we did because they had Christ in their hearts. Right. It's the Chinese culture proper that are non-believers. These children, they were thrown away for a reason. So in the culture in China, the reason these children were put up for adoption in the first place, 
they were put up for adoption for what reason? Well, there's a million different ways that reasons that they could have been put up for adoption. They're, you know, in that culture, they can, they're limited on family size. They're limited on um, resources, you know, like medical care and things like that. And so there are <clears throat> these mothers who maybe have been forced to give their child up. There are these mothers who chose to give their child up so that they could have a chance at a better life. So this is this is something that I mean I've I've told my kids millions of times you know I am their mother they also have a uh, a birth mom who did everything that she could to uh, make sure that they had a better life. So, but in the in the Chinese community, they just don't think about that. So it's like kind of a part of life that you just don't even think about that there are children that need homes. Does that make sense? And so, in the Chinese community or church that we were involved in, these people were kind of blown away because they had never really thought about it before. Does that make sense? So you have children that are put up for adoption for one of a million reasons, because the culture said it's better for us to give them to a better life, and that's mm-hmm. why they're put off to adoption. Right. And, and so here you come to get them. And at that time, there was a, a higher percentage of foreigners coming to adopt Chinese children than the Chinese themselves adopting. So you got to show them the gospel right. and that we came – to save that which has been separated. Right. and that, But that would be the same if it was adoption through foster care or if it was adoption through another country. You know, it, it, um, that's just the message of the gospel is through adoption. Jesus said, I came to save that which was lost. Absolutely. And so they got to see that played out on such a big, grand scale from y'all going to adopt these children. They got to see a piece of the gospel they didn't understand before. When we got home with Elizabeth, it it was hard because she didn't want to be there. She had been, you know, duped, basically, um, and she was angry. So for the first— Yeah, because I think she felt like maybe it was still sort of a temporary gig. I think she really did, That she would be going back. She still didn't get it that this was a permanent thing. She thought this was just for a little bit, and then she's gone. Yes. For the first six months, she absolutely refused to learn English. So I would say something to her, and I would, you know, maybe point to this and say, chair. And she would scream Chinese back at me. So then I would, you know, try and communicate it with her in other ways, and she would just scream Chinese at me. And so one day— I went to the Chinese ladies and I said, can you please help me? She's saying this. And I said some of the phrases and they all turned red and said, please don't ever say those again. She's Uh-oh. saying very horrible things to you. Oh, wow. Good <laughs> thing so, you didn't know. Huh? Yeah. You never found out? Just that they were curse words. Okay. And, and she even told me that she was never allowed to say them and she felt like I wouldn't know. So she just was screaming saying, bad okay. things at me. Yeah. But she didn't want to be there. She shook her fist, basically just shook her fist. Anything that we told her to do, she would do the opposite. Yeah, if, I, if I walked into a room, she would walk out. If you have expectations, you're going to be disappointed. But you could take it, though. Sure, because yeah. we, we knew. She, she was not, she was kind of, re, she was rejecting you. Yes. Oh, you not could take kind it. of. Yeah, not no, kind no. of, really. Yeah. She was rejecting <laughs> but us. But you could take it. <laughs> yeah. Why could you take it? Because we knew. God said so. 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.